The Twonky by Henry Kuttner and C.L. Moore Part 5 Two hours later, a taxi let Carrie out at his door. He was remarkably drunk. Things swam before his eyes. He walked unsteadily toward the porch, mounted the steps with exaggerated care, and let himself into the house. He switched on a lamp. The radio came forward to meet him. Tentacles, thin but strong as metal, coiled gently around his body, holding him motionless. A pang of violent fear struck through Carrie. He struggled desperately and tried to yell, but his throat was dry. From the radio panel, a beam of yellow light shot out, blinding the man. It swung down, aimed at his chest. Abruptly, a queer taste was perceptible under Carrie's tongue. After a minute or so, the ray clicked out. The tentacles flashed back out of sight, and the console returned to its corner. Carrie staggered weakly to a chair and relaxed, gulping. He was sober, which was quite impossible. Fourteen brandies infiltrate a definite amount of alcohol into the system. One can't wave a magic wand and instantly reach a state of sobriety, yet that was exactly what had happened. The robot was trying to be helpful. Only Carrie would have preferred to remain drunk. He got up gingerly and sidled past the radio to the bookshelf. One eye on the combination, he took down the detective novel he had tried to read on the preceding night. As he had expected, the radio took it from his hand and replaced it on the shelf. Carrie, remembering Fitzgerald's words, glanced at his watch. Reaction time? Four seconds. He took down a Chaucer and waited, but the radio didn't stir. However, when Carrie found a history volume, it was gently removed from his fingers. Reaction time, six seconds. Carrie located a history twice as thick. Reaction time, ten seconds. Uh-huh, so the robot did read the books. That meant x-ray vision and super swift reactions. Jumping Jehoshaphat. Carrie tested more books, wondering what the criterion was. Alice in Wonderland was snatched from his hand. Millet's poems were not. He made a list with two columns for future reference. The robot then was not merely a servant. It was a censor. But what was the standard of comparison? After a while, he remembered his lecture tomorrow and thumbed through his notes. Several points needed verification. Rather hesitantly, he located the necessary reference book, and the robot took it away from him. Wait a minute, Carrie said. I need that. He tried to pull the volume out of the tentacle's grasp, without success. 
The console paid no attention. It calmly replaced the book on the shelf. Carrie stood, biting his lip. This was a bit too much. The damned robot was a monitor. He sidled toward the book, snatched it, and was out in the hall before the radio could move. The thing was coming after him. He could hear the soft padding of its... its feet. Carrie scurried into the bedroom and locked the door. He waited, heart thumping, as the knob was tried gently. A wire-thin cilium crept through the crack of the door and fumbled with the key. Carrie suddenly jumped forward and shoved the auxiliary bolt into position. But that didn't help either. The robot's precision tools, the specialized antennae, slid it back. And then the console opened the door, walked into the room, and came toward Carrie. He felt a touch of panic. With a little gasp, he threw the book at the thing, and it caught it deftly. Apparently, that was all that was wanted. For the radio turned and went out, rocking awkwardly on its rubbery legs, carrying the forbidden volume. Carrie cursed quietly. The phone rang. It was Fitzgerald. Well, how'd you make out? Have you got a copy of Casson's Social Literature of the Ages? I don't think so, no. Why? I'll get it in the university library tomorrow, then. Carrie explained what had happened. Fitzgerald whistled softly. <whistles> Interfering, is it? Hmm. I wonder. I'm afraid of the thing. I don't think it means you any harm. You say it sobered you up? Yeah, with a light ray. That isn't very logical. It might be the vibrationary equivalent of thiamine chloride. Light? There's vitamin content in sunlight, you know. That isn't the important point. It's censoring your reading, and apparently it reads the books with super-fast reactions. That gadget, whatever it is, isn't merely a robot. You're telling me, Carrie said grimly, it's a Hitler. Fitzgerald didn't laugh. Rather soberly, he suggested, Suppose you spend the night at my place. No, Carrie said, his voice stubborn. No so-and-so radio's going to chase me out of my house. I'll take an axe to the thing first. Well, you know what you're doing, I suppose. Phone me if... if... Anything happens. Okay, Carrie said, and hung up. He went into the living room and eyed the radio coldly. What the devil was it? And what was it trying to do? Certainly, it wasn't merely a robot. Equally certainly, it wasn't alive, in the sense that a colloid brain is alive. Lips thinned, he went over and fiddled with the dials and switches. A swing band's throbbing, erratic tempo came from the console. He tried the shortwave band. Nothing unusual there. So? So, nothing. There was no answer. After a while, he went to bed.
At luncheon the next day, he brought Casson's social literature to show Fitzgerald. What about it? Look here. Carey flipped the pages and indicated a passage. Does this mean anything to you? Fitzgerald read it. Yeah. The point seems to be that individualism is necessary for the production of literature, right? Carey looked at him. I don't know. Eh? My mind goes funny. Fitzgerald rumpled his gray hair, narrowing his eyes and watching the other man intently. Come again? I don't quite... With angry patience, Carrie said, This morning, I went into the library and looked up this reference. I read it all right, but it didn't mean anything to me. Just words. Know how it is when you're fagged out and have been reading a lot? You'll run into a sentence with a lot of subjunctive clauses and it doesn't percolate. Well, it was like that. Read it now, Fitzgerald said quietly, thrusting the book across the table. Carrie obeyed, looking up with a wry smile. No good. Read it aloud. I'll go over it with you, step by step. But that didn't help. Carrie seemed utterly unable to assimilate the sense of the passage. Semantic block, maybe, Fitzgerald said, scratching his ear. Is this the first time it's happened? Yes. N no, I don't know. Got any classes this afternoon? Good. Let's run over to your place. Carrie thrust away his plate. All right, I'm not hungry. Whenever you're ready. Half an hour later, they were looking at the radio. It seemed quite harmless. Fitzgerald wasted some time trying to pry a panel off, but finally gave it up as a bad job. He found pencil and paper, seated himself opposite Carrie, and began to ask questions. At one point, he paused. You didn't mention that before. Forgot it, I guess. Fitzgerald tapped his teeth with the pencil. Hmm. The first time the radio acted up, it hit me in the eye with a blue light. Not that. I mean, what it said. Carrie blinked. What it said? He hesitated. <sighs> Psychology pattern checked and noted or something like that. I thought I'd tuned in on some station and got part of a quiz program or something. You mean, were the words easy to understand? Good English? No, now that I remember it, Carrie scowled, they were slurred quite a lot. Vowels stressed. Uh-huh, well, let's get on. They tried a word association test. Finally, Fitzgerald leaned back, frowning. I want to check this stuff with the last tests I gave you a few months ago. It looks funny to me. Damned funny. I'd feel a lot better if I knew exactly what memory was. We've done considerable work on mnemonics, artificial memory. Still, it may not be that at all. Eh? 
that machine, either it's got an artificial memory, has been highly trained, or else it's adjusted to a different milieu and culture. It has affected you quite a lot. Carrie licked his dry lips. How? Implanted blocks in your mind. I haven't correlated them yet. When I do, we may be able to figure out some sort of answer. No, that thing isn't a robot. It's a lot more than that. Carrie took out a cigarette. The console walked across the room and lit it for him. The two men watched with a faint, shrinking horror. You'd better stay with me tonight, Fitzgerald suggested. No, Carrie said. He shivered. <laughs>